Live, we're going to take the time to answer this question. Hopefully, I could be able to help you answer it or begin to find the answer to it. But the main question we're going to try to digest today is, what will you hear on Judgment Day? When it's all said and done and you've lived your last day, what will you hear on Judgment Day? And I have a lot of points I want to cover today. Won't take too too long, but we'll see. I'm a long-winded preacher, and so we'll see. But there are four, not four, but there are three possible things that may be heard on judgment. I know one for sure, but there's three possible things that will be heard on judgment. Day. One will be well done. Some group of people, a lot of people is going to hear well done. Some people is going to hear partially done and some people is going to hear not done. Which category will you be in? Will you be a part of that group that will hear the heavenly father say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will, will you hear from him partially done? What got in the way for you to only be to, to build something partially? And some people is going to be in a position where they're going to hear, man, you ain't get nothing done. But at the end of the day, each and every one of us will stand before God on judgment. And we have to position ourselves in this moment of understanding, in this moment of opportunity to be informed on the realities. The Bible says it's appointed for every man to die and after that to judge. You have to understand that the worst thing about that in that sentence is not death. Death is not the worst part of that sentence. Judgment is. And what I mean by worse is worse when you know that you ain't rehearse what God intended for you to do. Right. And so when we understand it's appointed for every man to die and then face the judgment, then I got to judge myself. I got to begin to judge the wealth that's in me. I got to be able to judge what it is that God wants to do. See, we determine how our judgment goes. And what I mean by that, understand what I'm saying. Like the more that we get into the pages of the word of God and the more we begin to be immersed in, in purpose and, and focus on, on, on fulfilling, then we will begin to re, 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 uh, 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 re, not reimagine, but we'll begin to see what it is that we're supposed to be and then we can actually do it. So what will you hear? Will you hear well done? Will you hear partially done or will you hear not done at all? Now, the thing that sparked this, and I talk about this a lot in my book, Well Done. It's actually not well done. My book, Multipurpose. We talk about the parable of the talents. And I said this in another video, but for Tom's sake or for this sake or for your sake, I'll say it. But there was three uh, men that were given large sums of money to steward and they were called talents. One talent, uh, uh, we've researched it, it was one talent was worth 400,000. Uh, 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 one talent was worth 400,000. So the person that was given the five talents, the investment given to that young man, not the investment, but the, the responsibility given to that young man was equivalent to $2 million. The person with the two talents was equivalent to 1.6 mil. And the person that was given the one was equivalent to 400,000, right? But the Bible talks about how the person with the five and the person with the two immediately went into the marketplace and began to trade. The thing about life, we were meant to trade. We was meant to say, okay, I have this in me. You have this in your pockets or you have this in your pocketbook or you have this. And let me give you what's in me that's in excellence and see what you can give back. We were meant to take the talents, hear me, the double entendre. Not only was the talents as large sum of money, but we have a large sum of, of, of giftings and talents inside of us that we were meant to go and trade. But some people like the one say, you know what? I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to go bury it. I'm not going to, I don't care when my master coming back. I don't care if this is my master's thing. I'm going to give the master back. 
got what the master gave me. Do you understand how wicked and how lazy the Bible talks about it as descriptive terms of that young person, how bad that is to give something as is back to God? Imagine me going to heaven and I carry my writing talent and my speaking talent and I give it to God as is. God's going to be like, you gave me writing, but you didn't give me books. You gave me my talent back, but you didn't give me my talent filled with backing. Right? And how many people are going to take their talents up to God and be like, and God's going to say, what did you do with that gift? Nothing. What did you do with that gift? Nothing. But but a lot of people are going to say, you know what? I am not. Right now may be the day for you to say, I'm going to do something. I don't want to be on judgment day having done nothing. I would at least have done something. Let's keep going with the story. When the person with the five talents came back and the master came back, the five, the Bible says that the master wanted to open the accounts. And when the master opened the accounts, the one with the five was first. And the one with the five says, Master, not only did I make the five back, but I added five to it. And here's 10 more talents. That means he gave back $8 million. Hold on. Yeah. 400, four, four times five. Hold on. Four times five is two. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to do math. Four times. If a talent's 400,000 and gave him five, that's $2 million, right? So here's $4 million. He gave $4 million back to the master. The master says what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. For since you was faithful over little, now I'll make you faithful over much. Come enjoy the joy of the Lord, right? The other one with the two came back and said, not only did I give, you gave me two, but I doubled it, right? And the same thing was said about him. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Now the person with the one comes up and says, hey man, here's the one I got. I knew you to be a hard man. I knew you to be this. And the reason why many of us are not going to hear well done because we don't have the proper outlook of God. We don't see God correctly. We don't see God as he is. And we become afraid in our insecurities. And we say, here's my writing gift, God. Here's my drawing gift, God. Here's my singing gift, God. And God says, I never intended to receive what I gave you as is. I wanted it to become, I wanted to come back to me with more. And so we got to ask ourselves, when I look inside of me, am I maximizing all of the gifts in me? The Bible says, not the Bible, but there's a quote that says, God, God's gift to us was the talent or something like that. And our gift back to God is on my Instagram. I can't check my Instagram because I'm on my phone. But our gift back to God is what we did with it, right? And so a lot of people are not going to be able to position themselves to hear what, let's keep going. So we talked about there's three possible things that will be said to three groups of people. One is going to be well done group. One, some people may get that partially done and some not done at all. Now, let me break down the scripture. Let me see uh, uh, that talks about uh, what we do and what has been built. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 13, it says, according to the grace of God given to me, this is Paul speaking like a skilled master builder. I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. So what he's saying is anybody who's a wise builder, they're not going to build on sand. They're going to build on a foundation, a foundation that can last beyond nations. That it will last a long period of time. And so as a master builder, a skilled master builder, you first lay the foundation. Now, next verse, let each one take care. I love that. Let each one, each one of us take care how we build upon it for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Every believer right now is building on their salvation. Their salvation is their foundation. 
And what you do from that salvation in sanctification is going to determine what will outlast nations. Right now, what I'm building will outlast nations. My books will outlast me. My, my card games, my message will outlast me because I'm building on something that lasts. So it's imperative for me to build things that last on something that will last eternally. Hear me, right? So the Bible says, let each one take care. Like you got to take care on how you care and what you carry. You got to take care and be cautious on how you're building. How many people right now are wasting precious time, are wasting precious energy, building on foundations that God never meant for them to build on? Or building on sand. And we heard that story about building on sand and a rock. The Bible says the foolish person, because they were eager, because they were too zealous, and because they wanted what they wanted now, they built without first laying a foundation. People don't want to take the time to build a foundation because the foundation is not seen. <laughs> a lot of people do not want to take the time to build a foundation because people won't see your foundation. But let me tell you something. People will always see your foundation. People may, a lot of people that waste their singleness to build their lives off of whatever, whatever, when they get married, we'll see how solid a foundation is, right? We'll see how solid in their parenting skills, in their relationship skills, in their communication skills, we'll see what they found it. But because the foundation is not seen, people not taking the time to build it. But a wise person says, I can care less about how quick I build. I want to, I care about how long I last. People care so much on how quickly they're built, they don't build nothing well. And when you look, like everything in your life has to be done well. It has to have some well doneness to it. The, the Bible says, work heartily unto the Lord. Like, like everything has to be done reverentially. The Bible says, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. How can I walk in wisdom in areas where I don't reverence him? The more I reverence him, the better I will walk with him. Right. And so what that means is I got to take very care on how I build. The Bible says for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid. The, for, that's why the Bible says the, the, uh, uh, that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world because he's the foundation. Oh, my goodness. The Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world because the foundations of the world would not be able to stand at the foundation. The lamb wasn't slain. The lamb had already had to have been slain before the foundation of the world or the world would have no foundation or no hope. Man, that's good revelation, right? It says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that than which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. So when we're saved, we're building on what he did and what he's done and what he's doing by his spirit in us. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation, here we go. Now, if anyone, I love the word anyone, it means that anyone that gets this message and, and are willing to run with it, cool, let's make it happen. Now, if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, oh, so now if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, capital D. In all days, all days have lowercase, all days lowercase. So if you look at the word today, the day in that day, the day in that word, the D in that word is lowercase. Monday, lowercase D. Tuesday, lowercase D. Wednesday, lowercase D. Thursday, lowercase D. Friday, lowercase D. Saturday, lowercase D. Sunday, lowercase D. Birthday, lowercase D. Anniversary day, lowercase D. Capital D day is judgment day. It says on that day will everything be disclosed. Not closed. That's why I disclose everything in me, God. 
<clears throat> disclose. <laughs> Give me the closure I need in every area. Disclose to me in private because I don't want my stuff to be open in, in the, the, my accounts, my, my life open. And I ain't even open it first <laughs> because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Let me make sure. There's, is there a follow up to this? Verse 15. Let me see. Uh, okay. Uh, you see me look at this. I got to look at the scripture. But it says, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he or she themselves will be saved, but only as through fire. That's why I rather go through fire because everything will be tried by fire. The more I'm familiar with fire, I don't have to worry about me being expired. Like when you know fire, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be afraid to get burned. You're not gonna be afraid for people to burn you and and betray you and leave you. Ain't gonna be afraid if things break down because you know if things are breaking down, God is building something else better, right? So that's why the Bible says there's two groups of people. One group is building with gold, silver, and precious stones. Those things survive fire. Those that build with hay, straw, and other stuff that will be burnt up with fire. There's gonna be people. As Christians, that's going to be judged and they're going to get no rewards. So what are we living for? You see what I'm saying? So my thing is, I'm going to build with authentic resources. I'm going to build with gold. Gold means this is precious. I'm building with silver. I'm building with stuff that that that, that backs currencies. Like I'm going to build myself with precious stones. Building things with that types of stuff are, are things that are authentic. I'm going to put my notes back up. That means I'm authentic. That means I'm my original self. But if I build with hay, straw, and all that kind of stuff, that's the stuff with with interior interior motives, huh? You know what I'm trying to say? Those kind of motives, things built like that, those things burn up quick. You didn't do it for the right reason. That's burnt up. You didn't do it authentically. You didn't even seek my word. You didn't care. Those things are burnt up with fire. But if I build authentically and I'm taking care to consider what the word of God says and I begin to allow the Holy Spirit to be who he is in my life, then I'll be able to stand before God one day and hear him say, well, that's why I go hard in every video. That's why I go hard in every book. Why you think I'm on book number 10 and already got the outline for book 11? I don't got time to play. I don't got time to 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 stall on book eleven when there's a real heaven. No, man, I'm going to get. I'm God empty me of all my books, empty me of all my ideas. Because when I the thing about me, I, my my mentality is, I want to live full and then die empty. That I live full of the grace of God, full of the love of God, full of the joy and peace of God. That when I die. When they open my, my, my soul and open up my spirit, they're going to be like, all his talents, he done spent it. All his giftings, he done left it. He died empty. And that's got to be our mentality because there's nothing greater than being putting ourselves in position to say, God, here's everything. And God looks back at you. I told my students the other day in Bible 9, my Bible 9 class. I said, man, I want God at the gates when I come up. I want God to be, that's why the number one person in the Bible that I envy, the number one biblical character in the Bible that I'm low-key jealous of, 
and I'm envious of his relationship with God is Enoch. <laughs> God and Enoch was so tight. God said, hey man, the Bible says Enoch was and Enoch wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I want that kind of bond. So when I get to heaven, God's like, my man's coming through. Hey, tell Josh, hey, we're here. I, I, want, I want God to be at the gates. I don't got time to see whoever they say is going to be at the gates. What I'm trying to say is that we got to take this life seriously. Like, I'm not sitting there saying that I'm doing things because I want rewards. I just want, I'm doing things because, man, he's been too good to me. He's been too faithful. He covered me when I should have been uncovered. He he uncovered me when I when I wanted to be covered. He 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 been so he put me in positions that I that, that I had no I had no uh, uh, accolades or degrees and everything like that. Like he's been too good, so I want to do everything well because he not only saved me from hell, but he made me well. Let's keep going. Now there are four possible. I already read that. Uh, in order to position ourselves. Hear me, then I'll be done because I'm preaching. I don't know. I already, been, I already went on YouTube. YouTube, I talked about. If you want to hear about YouTube, I got a link in my bio, Instagram. On YouTube, I just talked about, I did about 30 minutes on YouTube. We talked about four reasons why people do not pursue their purpose. Four reasons why people do not pursue their purpose. Very powerful message. Check it out. Subscribe, all the good stuff. And um, a lot, all these things I'm talking about today is coming from my book, uh, Multi Purpose. I'll show it to you right now. Multi Purpose How to Find and Fulfill Your Purposes in Life. Uh, all these links are in my description box below. And if you need a little bit more support, you want to join a community and you say, hey, I want to be a part of Coach's Inner Circle and I really want to fulfill at a higher level, you can check that link out as well. Now, in order to position ourselves to hear well done, we must do these three things. In order to position ourselves to hear well done, we have to do these three things. Number one, we have to have the well. Not W-H-A-L-E. We have to have the well. Now, we remember the story, some of you guys, maybe all of you all know the story of the woman at the well. I love that story. I love preaching it. And I, I'm not going to labor too much on it because then I can talk about I can talk about that story for about two weeks. You see what I'm saying? But the Bible, I'll, I'll give you a backdrop. He, Jesus was traveling with his, with his boys. And, and Jesus said, you know what, I'm, I'm getting a little tired. The body, the physical side of me is getting tired, so I'm going to sit on this well. It was about 1130 when Jesus got to the well, and Jesus sent his boys out. Jesus said, what's close? And Matthew was like, there's a Bojangles up here. And Jesus was like, all right, bet. Give me that two-piece dark, not, not, uh, uh, dark meat. Uh, give me the dirty rice and the, and the fries. And then make sure you substitute. And Jesus loved the substitutions. He says substitute because he was a substitute. He says substitute the regular biscuit and get me the cinnamon biscuit. Or if they don't have the cinnamon biscuit, give me the bowl bear biscuit. Disciple said, bet we'll give you the two piece. We'll give you this. We'll give you what you want. Sent them on. You understand why he sent them on and when they get back. So Jesus is about 1130 now. And we're talking about the Middle East now. We ain't talking about, you know, uh, Antarctica. We're talking about Middle East. So it was hot. And this woman comes up close to about 12. You see this woman, Jesus was sitting on the well, probably up under the tree. He see this woman walking up the hill. Little short skirt. Little jacket trying to cover up. Walking up, and she got her heels in her hand and a base in her hand and whatever she's going to draw the water with. 
and she got her slides on and she just trying to whatever. And and the the cultural context is this, is that most women went to the well either in the morning or in the evening. Why? Because it was cooler. The reason why she went at noon was because she didn't want to be seen because this was a small town. Everybody knew who this woman was. And so you can imagine her walking by the local Chick-fil-A and the women in the line with their kids, the soccer moms and, and the moms and whatever on lunch break from their jobs is looking at her with disdain in their eyes. And she was just trying to get some water. And so she went to get water at noon, even though it was hot because she didn't want to be bothered. So when she gets to this well, <clears throat> she sees a man and Jesus says, give me some water. And she said, if you knew who I was and you being a Jew, why would you ask water from me? And they begin to have a conversation about the water and, 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 and Jesus began to talk about the well and, and, and she began to talk about the well. But before that, uh, he said, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, man, you're right. You have had five. And so Jesus had an honest conversation with the woman at the well, etc., etc. We'll keep going forth for time's sake. But then we get to the conversation here at 14 when she began to talk about how her forefathers built this well and that they've been drinking from this well for years. And he says, but there is a greater one here that if you drink of me, verse 13, he says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him or her shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him or her will become in him. I love that. In her, a well of water springing up to eternal life. What is that saying? The water that God gave us was his spirit, his holy spirit. In order for us to position ourselves to hear well done, we have to have the well, not a well. What's the difference between the well or a well or the rock and a rock? A D means only. A means only option. The Holy Spirit is not a well as far as in comparison or in uh, a value of equivalence to another well. We're talking about the well. See, Jesus was sitting at the well uh, uh, strategically because he knew that everybody comes to this well to thirst, but when they go back, they'll be thirsty again. And he's saying right now, God is sitting at your well. That computer, that pornography is your well. That girl that you, that's your world is your well. That man that you think has the plan to get you out of whatever is your well. Everyone is saying, hey, this is your my well. And God is sitting on your well and saying, I got better water. And God said, I got a water that you will never thirst again and that it will be in you a water springing up to eternal life, up to eternal life. The Holy Spirit will continue to spring in me, springing you until eternal life for eternal life. And when we understand that, then we'll say, God, in order for me to hear well done, put the well in me. Because when I have the well of the Holy Spirit, then number two, I can become well. See, the, the reason why we're not mentally well, emotionally well, physically well, relationally well, financially well is because we're tapped into other wells. That job is not well enough. That girl ain't well enough. That guy ain't well enough. That idea of money ain't well enough. The only thing that's well enough is the Holy Spirit. And we're coming to a day globally where we have to trust in the well. And if your well is your money and the money getting funny, then money, you ain't going to have no money. 
And if, you're, if that man is the reason why you have a plan, then you'll find yourself outside of the land. You're going to find yourself anywhere outside where you deem the well being for you. The well has to be the Holy Spirit. Because what happens when you have no money? I still got the well. Do you know that God can put strength in bread that you can eat, you can eat a bread right now and it lasts you for weeks or months? That God can put enough strength in whatever that can make you last through famines? So you got to have a well now. In order to position us to hear well done, we have to have the well, the Holy Spirit as a wellspring doing what he wants to do in our life, cleansing every area. And I talk about in my book about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right now, everyone who's saved has the fullness of the Holy Spirit, but they're not Filled with the Holy Spirit. Big difference. Having the fullness of the Holy Spirit means that I don't need another ounce of him. I don't need the Holy Spirit. I got half the Holy Spirit this week and I'm going to get the other half next week like it's on like on, on sale. Like, like, oh, okay, I can get, I can put a down payment and I get the, no, no, no. I have him in full. But it is my, through my free will to let the well have free will. I have to let him fill every area that's not full of him. So that I can be well. Wellness removes the hellness. <laughs> wellness moves the hell out of our nest. Like, like when we have the well of God, then we actually become well. Our thinking starts being well. Our memories become well. Our feelings become well. Our everything in our soulless realm becomes well. Because if we don't take care of the soul, then we can't hold. Because how can I hold my wife up if I'm also thinking uh, uh, insecure? How can I help my daughter up if, if, if my emotions are all over the place? I got to be well from the well. That's a wellspring for eternal life. That no matter what's going on in my life, I can have life and life more abundantly. So in order for me to be in position here, well done, I have to have the well. Next, when I have the well, I have the opportunity to be well. And when I have the when I am well, then I can do well. God wants us to do well in every area in life. He wants me to do well as a husband. Many people want to do well in the marketplace. They want to do well in business, but they're not doing well in their home. That's why this whole movement is what it is. It's like we can talk about purpose all day, but we some of us entrepreneurs, some of us high-level execs, some of us multimillionaires, we got to scale back to scale everything up. Sometimes you got to scale everything back to scale everything up. And a lot of people are successful financially. Their careers are successful, but their home is not. The first account that God is going to open is not my social media account. It's not going to be my business account. It's not going to be my ministry account. It's going to be my family account. And God, the first thing God going to say is, how's Brittany? You know, God always asks a question when Adam and Eve got caught. He was like, uh, 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 Adam, where are you? It, it, it wasn't implying that God didn't know where Adam was. God wanted Adam to see where he was. And the thing about the question was God gave Adam an opportunity. Who said repentance? Because the tree of life was in the garden as well. But if Adam would have repented, I'm not saying this is biblical. Hear me. If, if God didn't want Adam to have an opportunity to repent, he would have immediately cast them out. But God asked Adam the question to see if Adam would repent. And because Adam blamed the woman and then the woman blamed the snake, all of them were judged because now they had the opportunity to say, you know what, God, it was me. I made a mistake. So what one person failed to do in the, in the garden, I'm thankful that the second Adam did what he did in the, in the, in the, in the garden of Gethsemane. 
That's another topic for another day. But then I got to make sure that I do well <clears throat> because God, like, listen, I can't just do well outside of my home and not do well in my home. And so that's what the whole purpose of this book is saying, hey, man, we got to think about purpose differently. We got to think about, hey, man, I just as an entrepreneur, I can't think about provision. There's a lot of men right now that's going to be judged partially done or barely done. Because they provided the home, they provided the Christian education, they provided the college education, they provided everything, but they wasn't a priest over their home. They didn't pray in their home. They didn't cover their home. And vice versa for the women as well. And so in order for us to be positioned to hear well done, we have to have the well, number one. Number two, we have to be well. And after we be well, we do well. And when we do well, because, we, because of wellness sake, then one day we'll hear well done. Hope this message was a blessing to you. Hope you got something out of it. Check out the book, Multipurpose. I'll show it to you again. Links in my bio. Multipurpose. I talk a little bit more about these things. And the things about this, man, a lot of this stuff was revelation today. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. It's like, even though I didn't do everything, I didn't put everything I said today in this book, he gives, gives us the mediums like this to be able to add more. And, and, and that's why I just want to inspire you all to vibe with him, create with him, be with him, because he'll make you well. And then you will do everything in excellence. And then you'll just put your, I mean, it's an amazing experience. But get this book, Multipurpose. This book talks about uh, how to be a multi-purpose person, how to uh, understand your purposes in every role you hold and every hole you fill, as well as your general purpose in life. So this book will not only help you find your purpose in life, it will help you find and fulfill the purposes. Because how can you fulfill your general purpose in life if you're not fulfilling your daily purpose in life? So in this book, uh, we talk about, I'll go through this real quickly. We talk about uh, a lot of stuff, man. We, I mean, the table of contents is, is vast. Understanding multi-purpose. What does God have to say about purpose? Your purpose is to be present. We talk about how to customize your own presence so you can be present. We talk about versatility and how to read the room that God wants us to be thermos thermostats and not thermometers. Thermometers tell the temperature. Thermostats sets the temperature. We also talk about daily fill for daily filling that God is our, that Jesus is our daily bread. That sometimes God fills us just for the day. But we, we want God to fill us for the other days too. But we're, we're so focused on being filled for those days that we're not true, that the, that the bread for us today is being spoiled, right? So we talk about that. We talk about the power of today, reasons and seasons, sonship, daily purposes. We talk about uh, the different ways to uh, become multi-purpose person, like get to know God personally, get to know yourself personally, all those different kind of things. Uh, <clears throat> and we also have challenges that I'm excited to share with you all, uh, like right here. We have challenges for uh, like 11 different groups, man. We got challenges for singles, a 30-day challenge for courting couples, a 30-day challenge for family men. And I put family men in there because I, I really have a, a passion to make sure men understand what it means to be family men. Uh, I got a 30-day challenge for husbands, 30-day challenge for fathers, 30-day challenge for wives, 30-day challenge for mothers, 30-day challenge for teens, 30-day challenge for careers, people in careers, 30-day thirty-day Proverbs challenge. A 30-day entrepreneur challenge, a 30-day wealth building challenge, a 30-day health challenge, a 30-day challenge for married couples, and a 30-day challenge for creatives and influencers. And for instance, uh, we have the 30-day challenge over here, something to do every single day. And then we have a little check, a little thing to circle each day that you fulfill the challenge and talk about it. So this book is full of resources, a lot of worksheets, um, worksheets about thoughts and how to think. It's a ton of resources that I know is going to be a benefit to you. You can get that book now. 
Link in my bio. If you listen, watching this on, if you listen on my podcast, you listening on YouTube. Link in description boxes below. Also, if you want to be a part of my inner circle, I'm opening my inner circle up for a hundred people. A hundred people to say, "Hey, man, I want to fulfill at a high level. I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a high level executive. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I'm a whatever. Whoever you are, you say, I want to fulfill at a high level. I want to scale back so I can scale everything up to position myself to hear well done. And if you want those payoffs of living more fulfilled and your family feeling fulfilled and everything around you is 10x because you 10x then that inner circle is for you and if you want to be a part of fulfillment university a part of my inner circle or you just want to be a part of a community of purpose focused driven people then go to my link in my bio and i would love to serve you i'm excited about it i'm looking forward to serve you all so any questions before i go a lot of you probably have already left going to that bio link uh i saw a little mass exodus <laughs> But uh, come on, coach. Hair by, uh, by, by Talo says, come on, coach. Eric says, good evening and belated Sabbath, coach. God bless you. Bless you, too. Man, is this thing ready to get the book? Hey, one of my students in here. What's up, Elijah? What's up, twin? Ready to get my book. It's coming soon, my brother. My wife just joined. That mean the baby sleep. <laughs> Any questions? I got time for one or two questions and I'm going. You can join me face-to-face. Like, hey, man, I want to be face-to-face with Coach. Or you want to type your question in where you are. Or you want to use the little question icon there. I got time for two questions about purpose, about what I said, or about anything. And I, I would love to serve you. Any questions? I mean, about 30 seconds. Those are questions typed up in 30 seconds. I'm out of here. And I'm going to get into the community today. Um, for those who are in there and plan on being in there, I'm ready to serve you all. So check the Linko, not the Linko. Oh, that's cool, Linko. Check my Linko, that link in my bio for books, all that good stuff. Is this live on Facebook and YouTube? Once this is finished, I'm gonna put it on YouTube. Soon as this, soon as this video's done, I'm gonna download it and I'm a uh, no problem, family. I got you. I'm actually gonna save it on Instagram too. So once once this is done, I'm gonna share it on Instagram so you can watch it on Instagram as well. But if you want to watch it on YouTube, it'll be on YouTube within the next 30 minutes or so. Elijah says, How can you learn to discern your thoughts from God's voice direction? Great question. Um, someone asked me this question on YouTube yesterday, I believe. So how can you learn? You learn from the pages. You learn from the word of God. And what do you mean? The best way to learn is to burn. The best way to learn is to yearn. The best way to learn is to burn. Then you can discern. What I mean by that? The best way to learn to discern, you have to yearn. You have to yearn for God. You have to yearn for the things of God. That has to be the, the ultimate uh, reasoning or reason for your motivation. You have to learn to yearn. And then you got to learn to burn. You got to burn up certain influences, burn up certain relationships, burn up certain connections that's cluttering your ability to discern. Once you learn to yearn and you learn to burn, and how do you learn to yearn? Yearning just sitting there saying, being honest with yourself and saying, why do I love this or that more than God? And when you understand it, you'll say, you know what? This thing can't satisfy me. This thing can't fill me. This thing cannot help me or heal me. Then you will begin to see the realities of your need for God. And then you will yearn for him. 
right? And then when you yearn from him, then you are burned for him. And meaning that you are burned because you yearn, then God gives you the ability to clearly see what needs to be burnt in your life. And you'll begin to burn those things in your life so that you can now clearly discern your life, right? Now, when it comes to your thoughts, when you yearn for God, you will yearn to hear his word. Read his word. And then you will begin to see what the word of God says, how we ought to think. Like the Bible says, think on things that are above. Think on things that are pure, lovely, just of a good report. Think on those things. And when you think on those things, then your thoughts will lean more to that. But when you are caught up in this carnal world and you connect to these different things in this world, then those things will then spark thought, right? But God's voice would never contradict his word. So the reason why we don't know God's voice is because we don't know God's word. We got to know what God, we got to know what God has already spoken in order for us to interpret what he is speaking. Oh, that's powerful. If we don't know what he has spoken, how can we know he's speaking? Man, that's good, God. If we don't know what he has spoken and what he wrote in his word, then we won't know what he's speaking because he will never speak outside of what he has spoken. Oh, my goodness. And so when you want direction, you got to have peace. You got to be still. You got to yearn and burn in order for you to discern and earn. Hope to help. Man, that's good, man. I love the man. The Holy Spirit, man. I love working with you, man. I love it, man. That's that's revel. I could take that right there and write a whole other book off that point right there. Eli says a little Eli four says, do you think Jesus will return before a war will break out? Who knows, man? You know, who knows? And I wouldn't worry about that because two, that's two chance. There's two things, three things, maybe. One thing is he may not come for another thousand years. You'll live a great life. Number two, a war might break out. You lose your life. But what's what, absent from the body is the present Lord. Or if there is war that happens, God will provide. So settle on those three things, my friend. Uh, oh, my wife said amen. So you know I'm preaching good. Oh, we got a question right here. Here we go. Carol, how you doing? I always want to do street evangelism, but I worry about attacks from the adversary. Is this rational? It's rational, but it's not spiritual. What I mean by that is when you're spirit led, you don't have to worry about being physically dead. <laughs> when you're spiritually led, you don't have to worry about being physically dead because where the will of God take you, the great, the, the, uh, how'd it go? The will of God will never lead you where his grace won't keep you. And so it all boils down, not in zeal, but in heal. And what I mean by that is I got to be healed from any type of fear. I got to have the perfect love of God to cast out all fear. I have to be healed in my life so that my healing would then bring down my zealing. Because sometimes we can be zealous. Because would you, do you think John the Baptist was supposed to die when John the Baptist died? John the Baptist got too full, it got too zealous. John the Baptist began to preach to people who was the Gentiles wasn't meant to be preached to yet. And so when John the Baptist opened his mouth prematurely, it got his head cut off prematurely. And so, but Jesus knew how to ooh, ooh, ah, ah, dip, dodge. He said, you don't take my life, I lay it down. And so when you end the will of God, you don't have to worry about anybody taking your life. You will actually be laying your life down. You'd be like, you know what? Like Paul said, uh, I have fought the fight and then kept the faith, whatever, whatever. Here, I'm done. I want to die after I'm done. Not when I'm doing and if I'm doing anything outside of the will of God, then I set myself up not for just death. I'm not saying I'm going to die if I'm outside the will of God, but a death to uh, 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 portions of my marriage, death to portions of my family. Like, like a lot of things die when we outside of the will. And so you got to you got to uh, take that worry to God. because The Bible says be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make a request known to God. And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. 
And so don't worry about the attack from the adversary because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But you have to be in him for them to be afraid of him and you and for you not to worry about anything like that happening. Hope to help. Oh, hey, oh, 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 hey, oh, hey, Joe. There we go. About <laughs> these, you know, help me out. Oh, hey, Joe says, what if a person is aware of their sins and acknowledge the repentance that's, that, that needs, but wants to continue doing the sin? You have to understand this when it comes to walking with God. Some people can be, some people who were quote unquote radically saved can be radically saved from their sin. What I mean by that, they'll be like, I ain't smoking no more. And they throw their CD, they throw their, they, they, whatever, they, they throw it all away. God understands that there's a lot of things that's that's up under where we stand that we haven't allowed to, we haven't given to His hand. What I mean by that is that God understands that sin is complex. Sin is complex. What I mean by that, some people sin don't even know why they sin. They don't even know the root reason. A, a lot of us sin because of the sins against us. A lot of our sins today is from the sins done to us yesterday. Or the sins we open ourselves up to yesterday, which caused the patterns for that sin to be passed into our tomorrow. And that sin passing on tomorrow will then be borrowed by our children and will be in our children creating a cycle. So when you are aware of the sin, the penalty of the sin, which is eternal separation from God and hell, has been already paid for. Right? The sins that we commit now, if we are when we leave them unrepentant. There's no grace covering it because we're standing in pride with it and then we're left to ride with it, right? And wherever it takes us, that's why I say lust will take you further than you want to go. Sin will take you further than you want to go. And when you acknowledge the repentance that's needed, you repent it. Repentance is not just what I utter out my mouth. It's what I've uttered from a renewed mind. Repentance is evidence. True repentance means turning away from my sin. You can't turn away from something unless your mind is renewed. What I mean by that is this. Like, that's why a lot of people just say repent, but give me the content. Give me the content. Like, like, give me what I need to understand. The Holy Spirit will give you the reason why you need to repent from this sin is because it's hindering you from winning in this area. If you don't repent from this sin, then it, it will cause there be a little separation between you and God as far as flow. We're not talking about where you're going to go, heaven and hell, but just flow. Like there's, there's, like if I'm in sin against my wife, it's going to hinder my marriage work. And if, if one sin in my life or one sin in her life can hinder my marriage, our marriage, then what sin in my life can hinder what God wants to do in me? Because God can't extend if there's sin. But there's a difference between habitual sin and sin you hope to get rid of, that you, that you, that you endeavor to get rid of. For instance, when you get saved, you go from sinning a lot to sinning often to sinning in that same sin every now and then to sinning every blue moon to not sin at all. For some people, it's a gradual process based upon what happened to them. So, for instance, if a person in some type of lustful sin, but the root reason why they in that sin was from molestation, then God's going to, through the Holy Spirit, is going to lead that person to forgive. True repentance is thorough repentance. So, repentance will then begin with, you need to forgive your dad who molested you. You need to forgive your mom who abandoned you. Because if you don't forgive that, then it won't unlock the other sins to be loosed off of you 
because you still rooted in this insecurity, rooted in this abandonment, rooted in this abuse because you've now, because it happened in your infancy, now you don't create an identity of it and now you become an individual of it and now it's hard to separate it because now you identify yourself with that thing. But the moment you begin to identify yourself in Christ and believe that he'll give you life and life more abundantly and you begin to understand that it's a process based upon your willingness to allow your mind to be renewed to better understand why you shouldn't do it, then you won't be through with it. So you, your flesh, because whatever you feed most going to leave most. So of course you're going to want to keep sinning. The, the flesh, though, the flesh going to do what flesh do. That's why the Bible says you got to kill the flesh daily. How you kill a flesh daily is to make give no opportunity for the flesh. In order to make the flesh die, you can't feed. If you don't feed something, it end up leaving. End up not leaving. End up dying. So if you feed your spirit, man, mixed with some discipline, then you'll find yourself winning and not sinning. Hope to help. I said a lot, but I hope I said enough. Yeah, send me a message, fam. That's fine. I think that's it. I don't see nobody else. Anybody want to come face to face? Or if someone has another question, if not, I'm going to get up off here. I'm kind of craving a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't preach the word of God. And now I got to feed my body. My body wants a good peanut butter. I mean, that's a good question to ask y'all, man. What's the best jelly? What's the best jelly? I think if I rank the top three jellies of all time for a peanut butter jelly sandwich, number one jelly would have to be, man, this is tough. They don't even really make this jelly as much. The number one peanut butter and jelly jelly sandwich jelly, apple jelly. Yeah, this will be saved, family. I'll save it. Apple jelly. And kid, I see you. My wife says strawberry. Strawberry, my wife. Got strawberry in the top three. Number one peanut butter jelly jelly is apple jelly. Number two is grape. Number three is strawberry. You can fight me on it. We can fight. Oh, thank you, Carol. I'm glad. I hope prayer was a blessing to you. Yeah. Grape. Now, grape is a close second. Grape is a close. All I've known is grape. Back in the day, we used to get apple jelly. And don't sleep on apple jelly. Apple jelly is by far, man. But all the apple jelly now, I never, I haven't seen an organic apple jelly. If y'all know any, if you know uh, any, where, any place where you can get organic apple jelly, even Whole Foods don't have no organic apple jelly. What's wrong with the apple jelly? It's been discontinued. But grape is a close second. I mean, grape is darn near close. Number one. Everybody saying strawberry. It shows where you was raised. <laughs> Strawberries for the people that was raised in the suburbs had some money. <laughs> Nobody want strawberry, but I ain't never seen jelly strawberry jelly with the strawberries in it. We know you bougie. You, you if you eating peanut butter jelly with the strawberry jelly with the straw what Earth Fair? Oh, you put your hands up like that, like you don't know, like you know. I'm gonna talk to your grandma and see if your grandma get apple jelly. And if your grandma know where the apple jelly is, I'm gonna go give me some apple jelly. But yeah, grape jelly close second, strawberry number three for me. But yeah. Now you got to tell me what's your peanut butter jelly ratio. I was talking with the kid. I ain't going to say kid's name because, you know, uh, protect the children. But I was talking to her the other day at the school and I was like, she had a peanut butter jelly. So I said, what's your peanut butter jelly ratio? Are you 70% peanut butter, 30% jelly? Are you 60% jelly, 40% peanut butter? 
Y'all tell me real quick what then I gotta go. I'm gonna get some minimum Tell me what y'all's peanut butter jelly ratio is. It is it 50 50? Or is it you put more peanut butter than you do jelly? Or do you put more jelly than you do peanut butter? Or have you have you grilled your peanut butter and jelly sandwich? That's next level. I had to stop grilling my peanut butter jelly sandwich because I was gonna be huge. When I start grilling that peanut butter jelly, get that nice buttery toast on that bread and that little crunch, but you can't do it to where your jelly's hot. I don't like hot jelly. Oh, we got Elijah says 80% peanut butter, 20% jelly. Man, bro, you want you like peanut butter stuck to your roof. Now, do y'all like peanut butter uh with the nuts in it or the peanut butter smooth peanut butter? That's the next question. Then I gotta go because I'm losing my uh getting a little hot. Kid says, uh, uh, okay, we, we got 60% peanut, my wife says 60% peanut butter, 40% jelly. All right, y'all the same. 60% peanut butter, 40% jelly. Aria says more jelly. I gotta go. I gotta give me some, uh, electrolytes in me before I catch cramp. Love y'all. And I'm gonna give me, smooth, okay. I like mine with the nuts. I ain't gonna say what the kids say, but I, yeah, I'm, I like mine with the crunch, I like the crunchy peanut butter. Smooth is cool. But crunchy, man, adds a little more texture. Big man like me, we, we care about texture. Love y'all. I got to go. I'll save this. Appreciate y'all for joining me. I pray I got something from my. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.